Hey everybody, welcome to the, is it the 7th? Anybody there? 8. 8. I should check these things yeah. before I start these introductions. Yeah. Ill prepared. Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to the eighth episode of Cinema Dare, and the second since the retooling. Um, but I don't know if that really matters. Like, who, who cares, right? <laughs> people are taking notes. Nobody, you you got to respect those people. Nobody's listening to that stuff. Nobody cares. Um, I'm Byron Hussey, joined by Jan London Hemmel. Hey, hello everybody. And Julian Dominguez. Hey guys. From Belgium and Miami, respectively. Yeah. I guess Ghent, more specifically, in Belgium, right? Sure. Okay. Ghent in East Flanders in East Flanders. Flanders in Belgium. Yeah, and in Europe. As, as a special treat, um, Jan, you're going to translate this entire um, podcast into Flemish after this, right? Yes. I, I always do a Flemish transcript. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. We got to get. We agreed on that. We got to get the message out to the the native Flemish <laughs> speakers. Uh-huh. So this week we're talking about a um, a horror movie from the early '90s called Waxwork Two: Turtles in Time. Lost in Turtles. <laughs> Lost in Time. Is it really? Is it a horror movie? I think I it's mean more it, a, a comedy, right? It's it's the slash or kind of comedy. Sort of parody movie, yeah. Time travel movie. It's a horror comedy, a a comedy, if you will. Well, here, I mean, I was actually thinking about this as I was watching it, trying to put it into a genre. It's, I mean, it's clearly tongue in cheek, it's a little slapstick, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's also gore, and I think yeah. with, the, with the conclusion that I came to as I was watching it was that it there's there's a rule for horror that is similar to to porn. Which is that as soon as you introduce gore in a movie, it becomes a horror movie. As soon as you introduce sex in a movie, it becomes a porn movie. I mean, you know, hardcore sex. That's, that's like, pretty logical. Right. So, like... It, it is hardcore gore. Let's yeah. yeah. And, you, and it and actually you, felt a bit out of place for me. Because yeah, well, that's, it was a little jarring. The rest jarring. of the movie had such a light tone. Yeah. yeah. And it was so fun that, like, the close-ups of somebody's eyes being squished out of his face or something really yeah. strange. Well, if you watch one of those, like, um, adult movies from, like the 70s that's like you know it's 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 trying to be a legitimate movie but there's also like hardcore sex in it let's say that yeah. just the fact that the the sex is in there makes it a porn like you can't sure. <laughs> i think yeah. it's the same principle as soon as you have a penis an erect penis or Entering. an exposed rib cage is either a porn or a horror movie a, a girl's or, rib cage? or a Lars von Trier movie i guess Oh yeah, it could be Lars von Trier. That's that sort of defies defies boundaries. Then then it then it kind of depend, depends on whether it goes to can or not. I guess it'd yeah. still be porn, but yeah. if it goes to can, then it's real. Then it's a serious movie. It's very. I, I, I kind of think if Bruce Campbell is in it, you're already straddling the horror slash comedy genre already. Sure. You know, he's he's like the poster boy of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was uh, he, he was, was good. pretty good. He yeah. Was good. Um, so. Waxworks 2 is a sequel. Um, it was it was kind of crazy because I sort of expected it to not matter that it was a sequel, and it kind of didn't, but it did pick up right at it the did. end of the last movie, <laughs> a la, a la Halloween 2. Like, that doesn't happen very often. A la Back often. to the Future 2, almost. Yeah, and it actually had a yeah. sort of a similar scene from as, oh, really? as Back to the Future 2. Yeah. 
which we can get yeah. to. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, I have six pages of notes. So. Oh, wow. Hand Better get to them. They're handwritten, and they're hard okay. to read. Mm -hmm. um, you, you're gonna you're gonna put those up on the site when this goes up, you right? Think I'll, like, like scan them people. into PDFs. Yeah, yeah. So people go download them and PDF. take their notes off of your notes while they're listening. Scan. Yeah, it's hard. I don't think that people will be gonna be able to read my writing. It's like <sighs> I was sitting on the couch and I was at like an awkward angle, and my writing's bad anyway. So <laughs> it's. Double bad. I just imagine you like sitting upside down on the couch. No, I was just that. sort of um, supine. I think is the word. Supine. Look it up. As you. We're, we're going on. The, we're going on the level of e. porn right now. Yeah. So some trivia is uh, we we came from this movie from uh, To Catch a Yeti because Bob Keane, the director of that, was the special effects and second unit guy from this movie, right? Yes, yeah. but he also had his, and, his only acting credit. Uh, uh, yes. Right. He's one of the guys in the Middle Ages or something. Yeah, he played. And, um, Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Uh, I just noticed another interesting uh, British effects guy is in the credits. It's the director of Blade, Stephen Norrington. Oh. He did some of the special effects as well. It's kind of a British crew. Yeah. In terms of the effects. I'm trying to find um, Bob director in the credits now. I think. He's in several places, second unit director and... Uh, yeah, he played the Mad the Monk. I'm pretty sure he's oh, okay. the one that led the like the Puma into the room during the, that horrific okay. transformation scene. And also, he was the one... He came back later to... He almost killed um, King Arthur. Do you remember okay. that? No. <laughs> I don't know if it was even really him, but it was the only one that I could sort of pin down as potentially being a Mad Monk. Okay. I was looking the whole movie. Um, so, Waxworks to Lost in Time uh, was released in 1992. I believe it was direct to video, um, and it has a pretty, uh, pretty good ensemble cast, uh, yeah. starring Zach Galligan, uh, who played Billy in the Gremlins, Gremlins movies. Yes. And if I had my, if I were able to do back-to-back -back dares. My connection to this movie would have been Gremlins too, but uh, well, well, let me let me let me ask can can we would you even be able to dare that because yeah, yeah there's no rules. It's a good movie. No rules. Oh. So I mean, like Julian, I know okay, it's your turn. So we're completely deviating from yeah the original rules then. Okay. Yeah, man. Okay, good. I yeah. I feel like I explained this pretty thoroughly in the last episode. Did yeah. you not listen to it three or four times since we yeah. released it? Because yeah, I feel I like guess. you should to just kind of keep up with like you know. You got a yeah, no. world ahead of me. I think the only sure. rule is that like if it's like really stupid and boring, like maybe we can mm -hmm. veto it like behind the uh, scenes okay. and then <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and not tell you about it. Yeah, we'll just like pretend it didn't didn't happen. Yeah. But um I mean I think I think we're okay so far. Okay. Um so the uh yeah, so so Waxworks Two Lost in Time was a sequel to the first Waxworks, which I have not seen. <laughs> um, Me neither. <laughs> but it it do, it did sort of seem to lose the um re there didn't seem to be a good reason for it to still be called Waxwork. There wasn't much wax in the movie to speak no. of. There was some at the very beginning, which I think was just the end of the first movie being added yes. to the beginning of this movie. Um, they just sampled the first movie so they can keep the name. Yeah. 
But a lot of good, got a lot of good um, sort of cameo roles in this movie, including the great Bruce Campbell. Um, we had um, David Carradine, um, a very mm-hmm. brief appearance by Drew Barrymore. Um, I didn't recognize her. Yeah, I actually forgot she was in it until you said an, e- an email that you missed her, and then I put two and two together and remembered that I had seen her in the yeah. in the bed. I actually. I watched the scene. I just didn't even recognize her. And if I look back at the scene, I still don't really recognize her. I guess it's the girl on the left. But she, yeah, she was uh, she was still pretty young, and she was like in um, pretty pretty like elaborate costume, I guess. Interesting uh, tidbit here: Godzilla is in this movie credited as himself. So, <laughs> <laughs> what a good guy to come out. I also didn't recognize Godzilla, to be honest. Yeah, it, it was very uh, strange. It didn't really look like Godzilla. Um, so the, the premise of the movie, if I can do a quick high level summary at the top is that, um, we, the, at the end of Waxworks one, uh, I don't, not totally sure what happened, but the wax museum burned down and, um, Mark, who is, uh, Zach Galligan or Billy from, uh, from Gremlins and his, uh, I guess girlfriend, Sarah, who's played by Monica Schnarr. Um, who was actually pretty good, but I, I don't think she's been in much else. No. Just looking now. No. I mean, she's uh, some TV stuff. She was in some. She was in Total Recall 2070. Wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. Team Knight Rider. She's been in a lot of like mm-hmm. TV TV shows. I've seen that. I've seen one episode of that. Oh, she was it's in Beverly bad. Hills 902102. Oh. Um, but she was pretty good. There you go. Um, yeah. So they escape the wax museum and it's like uh the end you know the end of the movie great the nightmare is finally over but a disembodied hand crawls out of the flames and follows uh follows them home and ends up murdering um sarah's abusive stepfather Mm -hmm. Um, that should all always happen in situations like that yeah, it's... who by the way likes to drink beer from the brand beer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, I like that kind of stuff. He drinks generic uh, store brand yeah. beer. Yeah. Um, did you ever see uh, Repo Man with Emilio Estevez? I did. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole scene where they're in a convenience store and all the brands are just <laughs> like that, just like beer and soda. I and forgot about like that. that. I wonder if they just stole these. Had still mm-hmm. had these props from leftover yeah. from that. <laughs> mm. So, the uh, hand murders Sarah's mm-hmm. stepfather, and she ends up going on trial for his murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and Billy, I mean Mark, from Gremlins, <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of takes her for some reason to, like, I guess his like uncle's crazy joke shop or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it's uh, Sir, um, what was his name? Sir, oh man, where is it? Uh, I don't remember. I have Sir Wilfred. Sir Wilfred, yeah. I have it here, written yes. down. Um, Patrick so McKinney. Sir Wilfred, um, I guess we would probably know more about who he is if we had seen the um, the first movie, but... Uh, he seems to have some kind of magic collection of artifacts that um, he leaves yeah. a very specific recorded message to Mark 
uh, notifying them him that the that that he's that uh, Sir Wilfred is dead, and that Mark has inherited these things, and also there's some kind of interdimensional travel device. Sure. Um, that's actually my favorite scene in the movie, by the way. The recorded. That's scene. really uh, that that scene, and uh, he he um, Bailey asks, "Really?" And then the guy in the projection says, "Yes." Yeah, it was good. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. Really it's like a video drum. Uh, By the way, that actor is also in Frasier. You'll be delighted to find out. Oh, which the uh, Sir? Uh, oh yeah, Sir uh, Wilfred. Jeez. Yeah. Yes, Sir Wilfred is in Frasier. I mean, I don't know if he's he like familiar. The last, the last movie he made is called The Low Budget Time Machine. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty honest <laughs> title. Movie. I don't think he's like a a full time cast member on Frasier. No, though. no. I, I feel like he he must have been like um, wine. Wine aficionado number three in episode forty-two or something like that. Yeah. Looks like he only just uh, passed away last year at the yeah. ripe old age of ninety-three. Uh, Congratulations, Patrick McNee. Good run. Good job. Planet Earth. Now he's in heaven. Heaven Earth. <laughs> um. So this. So it. This scene uh, where uh, Mark kind of looks over all these like artifacts sort of reminded me of that movie. Um. Have you guys seen Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, sure. The Drew Goddard, um, mm -hmm. Joss Whedon produced uh, recent sort of horror, also sort of comedy, horror comedy movie. Mm -hmm. I'm not I sure. feel like we, we talked about this movie last time as well. Yeah, I think I might have mentioned it. but uh, We talked about it for a great length, I think. I don't know. I don't remember talking about it. Yeah, it was, it was kind of off topic, but pretty in-depth. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's just not talk about it again then. But it did remind me of that because, like, <laughs> that movie, there's sure. all the artifacts with take you to different mm -hmm. horror movies, and this is sort of like similar to that. But they were just like objects from different uh, mm -hmm. fictional time periods. But um, it turns out that basically um, Mark and and Sarah start kind of quantum leaping between these yeah. these time periods, um, mm -hmm. and that's that's what the movie is. Them kind of. Hopping is, around. Is that an official? Is that an official verb? Quantum. Quantum leaping. leaping yeah, it's one word actually. Uh, I should probably. I'm, I'm no, studying French. I should probably know what it is in French. Yeah. No, don't just believe Byron. No, that's it's true. It's a. It's a <laughs> Quantum English, leaping. An English verb, commonly used by one Americans. Uh, and English speakers it's all over the world. Now. Yeah. There's a there's a quantum jumping it's, dot com where you. It's can when you. When you jump back in time, and you become somebody else, but you yeah. can still. Uh, he he didn't really see himself in a mirror or something. He just <laughs> it was just the same actor, but yeah. with a mustache or it wasn't, uh, hair. It wasn't that that fancy. I um, think I think quantum leaping is that you're you're played by a different actor every time you look in the mirror. But when the camera sees you, then you look like. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I still think we can't rule out that, that he did look different if he looked in a mm -hmm. mirror. We just never saw a mirror, so... Sure, sure. Not, That's true. I think we're... He's off the hook. Yeah, so, yeah. Julian, did okay, you know about, like, is there a Quantum Leap site that you are, were mentioning? Uh, quantum Jumping. Something about learning about your, your subconscious. So maybe it's just a variant of Quantum Leaping and becoming the new Doctor Who. Just is it some kind of, like, um, New Age self-help? or something um yeah just go uh, jump into the universe of inf infinite possibilities and learn to be a master <laughs> note a master of your mind it sounds like total bullshit no we're gonna we're gonna sign up i'm gonna sign you up what's your email um it's b b diddy at uh <laughs> lycos 
dot org. Dot org. I like this. So you're going to get a lot of emails. So um, I'm going to go to my notes page here. Um, let's see. So the first time period they leap into um, is Frankenstein. So they sort of <laughs> they sort of act like um, Frankenstein <laughs> is actually a historical event rather than a, fiction, a work of fiction. <laughs> well, that's how they, that's how they talk about it in the uh, I think in the, the the Reddit. I mean, not the Reddit, the um, the wiki, mm -hmm. where it's basically you're going into these alternate universes, but by use of this machine or the uh, actually jumping into it, it becomes a reality of the timeline, something like that. Well, I mean, it is it is sort of explained within the movie later on I, I mean you might not have gotten to this part oh that, that um, was that was a half hour that i didn't see yeah but they it's it's like a different dimension uh called the cart what was it the cartiverse or something i have it written down on one of my many pages of notes but it was like oh <laughs> shoot no that's not it it has cart in it it's like some kind of play on map i think oh cartagra cartagra so the 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 movie actually has some really seriously like uh, earnest religious undertones because it's like mm -hmm. they they turn, they kind of refer to God offhandedly as as him like like he like mm -hmm. the, like God is you know in this in this universe in this movie God is real. Um, that's he likes messing around. Yeah, well, Cartagra. The explanation is that Cartagra is like this other dimension where the the war against good and evil sort of plays out through eternity and it sort of manifests itself in these different in these different ways um i don't know if it's because there were humans there or just it just does i don't know it's, it's like doesn't make any sense it's kind of made up mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to really make sense but it's just a sex to get the, the movie going yeah but it wasn't i mean like it didn't end up being as bizarre as implying that Frankenstein was a, was a genuine historical uh, period <laughs> drama. Um, it was more like, this is a symbolic representation right. of, of the war against good and evil. Yeah. Um, so any okay. thoughts about the Frankenstein vignette? Um, I thought it was um, a good example of how this is something that the filmmakers often forget, that you need to make a character likable. Yeah. And uh, that informs the action later. Like, he actually acts nice to Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, that's true. And that saves them. That saves them at the end because yeah. uh, the monster defends them. I think that's that. That's a very simple cinematic or storytelling trick. But a lot of movies just forget about it. Yeah, it was effective. But, he yeah. he did he did come off as a pretty uh, likable character through yeah. his actions and it, also through his 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 demeanor. Um. Mm -hmm. I think one one thing that was a little bit iffy about this whole mm. premise was that he kind of pulled Sarah through this time gate against her will. <laughs> so yeah. like she didn't yeah. want to go, yeah. but and then she got into this hor hor horrific adventure um, yeah. because he did that, even though she didn't want to. So that was a little bit dodgy to me. Like I think that that wouldn't fly. Uh, in this day and age, because like, you know, I think in, within the context of this movie, she's sort of supposed to be like the damsel that he's rescuing. Mm -hmm. 
So he's like pull, grabbing her by the arm and pulling her into this adventure. I think it works because of the way she she acts. Her her style of acting is a uh, kind of tongue in cheek, like how Bruce Campbell plays his part. Yeah, but it's it's yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's fine within within the context of the movie and the way they did it. Yeah. It was fine. I just think exactly. that, that like well, and and they couldn't have finished it without without her there we like, wouldn't have had much of a movie it just would have been nice if she had a little sure. bit more agency going into it like okay yeah let's go on this adventure i'm, a, I'm an yeah. adult i can make this decision i'm not this like silly <laughs> girl that you have to pull against my will into yeah. this scenario um so i think that would have been done differently now but um the, the 90s let's, were a different time. it doesn't have to be uh i don't a, know a, a it's, it's kind of a parody of that, of that kind of character yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it it was intended as such, though. In the, I think it was kind of a su- a subtle uh, mm-hmm. thing that they they just wouldn't have thought of at the time, but they would think of now. Like in the new uh, Star Wars movie, how um, uh, mm-hmm. Finn is keeps trying to grab um, yeah, Ray's yeah, yeah. hand, and she keeps getting pissed. Like you don't have to do that. I I'm you. I, I I can take care of myself. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a human being. I'm an adult. You don't have to pull me well, around. And that's just a manifestation of a conversation socially that's happening right now that was not was definitely not happening when this movie came out. Yeah. I mean, it sensibly was. I think it just hadn't permeated to the level of sort of like the little 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 detail. Uh, so anyway, yeah. let's, let's not harp on this. Um, sorry, we were talking about the Frankenstein thing. Yeah. So yeah, so so we we establish uh, Mark as a as a yes. as an, an endearing, likable character who helps Frankenstein and then is helped by Frank Frankenstein's monster. I should sure. say. So uh, forgive me, but Julian. Do you have any uh, observations about the Frankenstein vignette before we jump into um, the next one? I I I thoroughly enjoyed how how the brain seemed to fly almost of its own. <laughs> Accord and under control, as opposed to just popping out of the skull. Like that was that was that was beautiful. Yeah, so that was the the it's end. Quite, the quite end, evil dead esque. The end of the the end of the the scene before we leap out of the uh, Frankenstein um, timeline. So it was it was the monster. What did he like squeeze Doctor Frankenstein's yeah. head, and the brain kind of yeah. popped out comically into into yeah. Mark's hands. Yeah, it was it was humorous. He 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 can he can never say he's never caught a brain before now. No. Good one. I think that was kind of a Evil Dead um, homage, like uh, that kind of camera work. Yeah, the the camera. There were there were a few objects. there were a few nods to Evil Dead and. Uh, yeah. Like in in the scene where um, Bruce Campbell is um, crucified, and uh, Billy Mark is reading the Bible. He says, uh, "Ashes to ashes," and then there's a close-up of Bruce Campbell. <laughs> no, I didn't notice that. Didn't notice very that very obvious. Uh, good. Evil Dead. So I, I quite like the camera work in this movie, by the way. I, I, yeah. I thought it was uh, really good. Overall, I thought it was it was it was well it was a well-made low-budget movie. Yeah. Like they, they clearly knew what they were doing. It was well acted mm-hmm. across the board. I thought. I mean, it was tongue-in-cheek, yeah. but it wasn't like super hammy it was like self-aware tongue-in-cheek um so after the frankenstein scene we get uh sarah and um mark leap into two different two separate um timelines and Mm -hmm. so sarah first leaps into 
uh, uh, an aliens universe. Yeah. Um, a low I, budget version of aliens. Yeah, I thought it was like with with, with a pretty good like um, James Horner style score. By the way, I thought it was pretty good. This yeah, it really the, sounded like the the music was actually good and bad in this movie. There was a lot of like goofy mm -hmm. like comic mm. weird music which was like kind of grating yeah. but then there was like the there's a uh the score kind of through line was like very similar to the um suspiria suspiria i noticed soundtrack. that it, it was, was like, like almost the same yeah, i think it was just directly copied from the suspiria yeah. soundtrack but it's like a goblin uh goblin tune mm. isn't it sure um I can do worse than that. But yeah, the, I thought the uh, the the uh, the alien set piece was was pretty pretty convinced. I mean, it was obviously like a really kind of mm -hmm. a, a two bit version of of aliens, but it was like uh, yeah, it was For pretty well budget, done. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just all in close ups. That's the best way to uh, save money. Just only shoot close ups. Yeah, and yeah. It, it was very poorly lit. Where anything might have looked <laughs> fake if they had put any real lights on it. Um, so it's, you know, it's a mixed bag. Um, so Sarah ends up in the aliens and, um, Mark ends up in some, I'm not sure totally what, if there was a specific movie they were referencing with the scene, but this is where, uh, Bruce Campbell comes in. Um, I don't know. The, the camera work kind of makes it look like, um, night of the living dead, like the Dutch angles and, uh, just the way they frame it looks like Night of the Living Dead, but Night of the Living Dead is not about ghosts. Yeah, I feel like maybe so was, it was... I'm also not really sure what, what that was about. It, it wasn't The Haunting, was it? It might have been. I'm not, I don't think I've seen that. So I mean, I, I think I, I saw know. the remake, actually. Maybe it was The Haunting. I was thinking maybe 13 Ghosts, potentially, too. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know that one. I think it had uh, Bill Mooney in it. <laughs> You guys know but uh, this uh, this scene had um, had another famous actor. It was uh, from uh, Star Trek. <laughs> oh, Marina Sirtis. Yeah, Marina Sirtis. Yeah. Yeah. So who did she play? Because I missed her completely. Yeah, I missed her completely. Really? Yeah, I forgot she was she's in the, it. She's in that scene with Bruce Campbell. She's the girl with the black hair, who later becomes possessed and uh, walks with a knife towards. Uh, yeah, I, I remember. I remember her. I remember. I remember her. I just, for some reason I didn't recognize her in the movie, mm -hmm. and like it that's, wasn't even like sense. it was probably filming around the same time as Star Trek: The Next Generation, so she couldn't have looked yeah. too different either. No, I recognized her immediately. Just uh, yeah, I blew it. I she blew wasn't it. doing the fake British accent, I guess. I thought she was. Uh, her accent was like genuinely like an Israeli accent or something. Yeah, but it changes all the time. Just kind of During a Star Trek. Kind of a fluctuating uh, beta betazoid. Beta Z. Sure. Beta, yeah. Beta Max. Beta Max, yeah. Beta. Um so this is where Bruce Campbell comes in and they're they're doing they're like ghost detectives and it's yeah, it's all not a lot happened, but it was all very atmospheric and kind of well well shot and and like you mm -hmm. said, lots of Dutch angles yeah, good and contrast and and uh, Bruce Campbell is 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 humorous, uh, good performance. Um, yeah, he, it's a strange scene where he gets his um, mm -hmm. rib cage exposed. Yeah, for some reason. 
<laughs> being like eaten by that's a probably bird. that's probably a reference to some movie that they're parodying. But yeah. So, yeah. It's pretty funny when when Billy falls down, and then Bruce Campbell, who has his innards exposed, asks, "Are you alright? <laughs> <laughs> Is everything okay?" Yeah. He's the one. I'm fine. Don't worry. So, but uh, Billy um, is trying to like save him, but somehow ends up dropping him on the floor. And there's a funny scene where he has to like pick debris out of his rib cage. Yeah. He also ends up like, oh, Marina Sirtis comes in. Is, it, is that Marina Sirtis in that scene? Yes. And like he keeps well, trying. Well, to she's throw. the only one with black hair, and she has the knife. Yeah, up, she, it's her. And she's it's walking her. towards him as he's. Um, saying uh stuff from the bible that he's holding i guess yeah but she he he starts trying to throw throw objects at her and they all keep hitting and Bruce she's Campbell's, also the uh, one who's a rib, rib cage who's uh, hanging he, on the ceiling he throws a, a bag of salt at her which i thought was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she's the one who's hanging on the ceiling so like uh like spider-man type uh, she's she's hanging by her neck. An homage to oh, that's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> also Marina Sirtis. Forgot. Yeah, Spider-Man doesn't do that. I guess I'll have to rewatch the movie. I just missed Marina Sirtis to start over from scratch. Yep. It's we'll wait. Go ahead. So by we... the way, interesting trivia about the guy who plays um, the stepfather. Yeah. He's in. Um, he's the bum from Back to the Future. Oh the yeah, future. I remember him. Oh, the one that says <laughs> drunk drivers. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Drive. Yep. That's, and he um, has an amazing IMDb page. He's in everything, basically. From Power really? Rangers to uh, Back to the Future to... Um, they Live. Everything. The Fog. They Live. Yeah, his name is yep. George Buck Flower. Buck mm-hmm. being in, in quotes. Mm-hmm. So it's like his nickname, I guess. Um, was, Escape from New York. Did he also Drunk. play the... Um, the judge because they he, like all his roles are like drunk beggar <laughs> homeless guy he's good drunk <laughs> but, did he, but in this movie wheel. did he also play the judge because the judge kind of looked the, like him no too. no no that's a different actor yeah it's Buckley Norris I just looked it up he's he, been in 159 movies the judge was in uh, Highlander Jeez. oh and he was also in Waxwork the original waxwork. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of amazing uh, connections in this uh, yeah. movie. If so. you think about it, the alien scene, uh, the special effects were done by um, Stephen Art, and he also worked on the real uh, aliens. So he could. So. He probably brought some of that um, that knowledge mm-hmm. to yep. to bear on that or at uh, least that worked, project. Uh, yeah. At least on Alien Three, at least, as far as I know. So they they jump back to the aliens scene. They, these these uh, these universes are sort of running concurrently, um, yeah. and the it sort of cuts to the end um, where Sarah is kind of playing the Ripley role, and it seems like they're about to get away. And she talks about how oh, I must have been the soup. We had, good thing we didn't eat soup because everybody who turned into an alien ate soup. And then, like the <laughs> the guy she's with, like, oh, did you say soup? <laughs> and um, he, and an alien erupts it, it, from it, his it, throat. It, Sorry, go ahead. I was about to say, isn't that more more of a play on, uh, like spaceballs? Well, that's right. That's what I was gonna get alien? to. I think it would, that was probably like more of a yeah, like a riff off of mm-hmm. uh of spaceballs. 
because it's yeah. special. Uh, that's where I was going with that. Um, uh, totally cut you at the <laughs> knees, buddy. <laughs> no, there's, there's no words, like no words to go with it. Uh, it's baseball. Okay, <laughs> that's the end of it. All right, guys, uh, that's the podcast. All right, let's let's it. Let's let's wrap it up. Uh, so it's baseballs, aliens. Do you guys have any uh, thoughts about the uh, the alien alien scene or the ghost ghost hunter scene? Um. Yeah, I thought they were well done. Uh, I liked uh, I liked the ghost uh, scene the most because of Bruce Campbell. Yeah, he was good. He's good. Yeah, he was He's very really good. Very good. good. Good actor. And I and I loved I loved when like that 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 part you just mentioned about the uh, the monster coming out like in the alien scene where the aliens coming out of the guy's mouth. That yeah, it was I, really I good. Thought, good special amazing. effects. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all old-fashioned practical stuff. It's just yeah. fun to look at. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't age that much like uh, like CGI. Does. Yeah, CGI ages a lot worse realistic. than because like at least the practical stuff, even if it looked fake, at least it actually was real. Like the CG yeah. stuff is like, oh, I'm, it's a Sega CD game. Great. <laughs> and it's integrated yeah. in the reality of the of the movie. Yeah, it has the same lighting, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. try watching Lawnmower Man now, and you'll probably want to pull your eyes out well lawnmower man though <laughs> at least at least that's like isn't it set in like a virtual world as of 1992 yeah, though? yeah but it kind of bleeds into the real world but i mean if <laughs> i've never seen it but like i'm just giving it the benefit uh, no, of the, de- no. the doubt where if the lawnmower man it, if that's the level of the technology at the time is he like a computer guy that comes out of the computer oh wouldn't I'm he... glad I know that you haven't seen it. That's going to be a, a movie there <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah, I maybe I don't think I've seen. It, it I, might just be a movie there now. I remember. It's an an amazing movie. I can't believe that you haven't seen it yet. I mean, I I, I remember er, like a lot of uh, chatter about it when it came out and like satire and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't think I ever actually saw it. But it's, you gotta... it's pretty entertaining. It's. You got to come up with a, a way to connect it, though. Like, oh, I'll, I, I'll get it. Like Caddyshack. There's okay. like, isn't there a lawnmower right, in that get movie? On it, dude. <laughs> don't, don't, don't you worry. We, we are connected, to lawnmower man, somehow. I'm on it. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so, what was the next? Uh, um, <laughs> the next scene. Um, Oh, there's a funny you line. You just keep you just keep talking, Byron, and me and Julian are going to be googling <laughs> uh, Stephen. Conspire. We'll mute our mics and go in research mode for a little bit. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Lawnmower man, lawnmower man. So I thought there was a funny line too, by the way, where they would just pull it as we exit the uh, Bruce Campbell scene. Uh, uh, Mark was leaving, and and he was like, "Are you going to be all right?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's only a only a flesh wound." Flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> like his rib cage is hanging out of his chest. So that was pretty good. Um, reminiscent of the um, the end of The Last Action Hero, which would be another good uh, sure. dare. Remember, like he was dying in the real world, and then he went back to yeah. the movie world and was like, oh, this is only a flesh wound. It'll be a baby. <laughs> uh, did you see the that movie, Julian? <laughs> the That's a classic. Last Action Last Hero. Last Action Hero. Oh yeah, I used to, I used to have the uh, the soundtrack for that. The soundtrack for that movie is amazing. <laughs> Who's on the soundtrack? It's the best. Oh my god, it was so long yeah. ago. I can't I can't remember. Hold on, let me let me see. I think I think uh, ACDC is on it. 
Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. You know who's uh, in? I mean, it's um... it's written it's written by um, uh, what's the guy's name? He did um, uh, Little Weapon. And, uh, oh, um, I don't know. Predator. Oh, 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 Shane Black. Shane Black. Well, there yeah. you go. Oh, he wrote it. Yeah, that's cool. He's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Shane Black is doing a reboot of the Predator right now. Yeah, I know. He's working on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this soundtrack was amazing. It had ACDC, Alice in Chains. Oh, yeah, because uh, that's all like Arnold Schwarzenegger's favorite music. music. He's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger was always really into like um, Guns N' Roses and that kind of like uh, yeah. rock, rock and roll. Rock and roll! <laughs> <laughs> that, like, there's a scene in Terminator 2 where he literally mm. has a box of roses and takes a gun out of it. Of, like an homage <laughs> to Guns N' Roses. Um, so, so, um, they hop into. I think is this where they end up hopping into the Middle Ages, mm. uh, which is with the sort of the final, at least significant hop, um, mm. and Billy mentions that somehow off camera his um he oh 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 he had he oh. so uh, one thing i forgot to mention is that they so that basically this whole trip is so that they can find some evidence that a disembodied hand can exist so to get, which you will take to court and use it as evidence <laughs> it is evidence <laughs> and uh prove i don't know how that proves that a, a disembodied hand killed the stepfather but they they seem to think that will prove that um, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, but one of the things that they were going to do was that Billy stole Frankenstein's journal to like, prove that you could reanimate flesh. Um, but then he lost it because it was eaten by the Loch Ness Monster. I think that would have been a flimsy piece of defense anyway. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah, that wasn't going to work. Um, so... They end up in the Middle Ages, and um, they're immediately, like, swarmed by knights, which is, like, I don't know, it's, like, if you end up in, like, the Middle Ages, are you really immediately going to be just overtaken by a group of knights? Is that how it works? Like, you're just, like, sitting in the middle of the woods. Um, just, like, bands of knights ro ro yeah. rolling around the countryside like, picking up time travelers. Because, like, olden times, there's, like, knights yeah. everywhere, and they're just, like, a, a pest. It's like, oh, there's yeah. some more knights. <laughs> and and there's not a knight. There's a castle somewhere with someone with binoculars that sees the time traveling happen and points it out. Yeah. And they're not, dispatches. they're not very chivalrous, either. They're very <laughs> kind of just, just thugs. Um, so, oh... I, so one one thing I, I forgot to mention. So they so Billy actually hops into the alien craft, and that's mm -hmm. where he announces that the that his uh, the journal was eaten by the Loch Ness monster. But nice. then, like he, the alien somehow steals his like magic magic compass, which helps him find the interdimensional doors, and he like uses it one last time, but then he just kind of leaves it there, and the ship blows up, mm -hmm. and um, the, so he loses it. But like I don't know like why he didn't take it with him, like he had it and then he put it down. Did you guys get that? I don't know. The the movie wouldn't have happened then. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just, 
suspension of dis- willful suspension of disbelief. There you go. There you go. Turned it on yourself. So this is where we meet um, David Carradine's character, who's a, just a beggar. And um, oh, sorry, the knights kidnap Sarah for some reason, mm-hmm. and Billy, Mark from Gremlins, um, runs into David Carradine. Who gives him a magic sword? Right? Yeah. And then we meet the villain of the movie whose name is Scarabus. Yeah. So, what do you guys think of uh, Scarabus? Ooh, Scarab- Scarabus was. Um, Scarabus was that uh, the guy who was a Russian American ballet dancer? He was in Die Hard, right? Uh, is he the one that he was? Looks. I don't think it's him. I'm... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah yes, he was. He was. Yeah. He was Carl. Yeah, he's... he was Carl. I like. I like that guy. Yeah, he's good. Um, oh, I, like I, yeah. I especially like his Wikipedia profile photo. He he <laughs> um, he's got sort of like a uh, what's his name um, Klaus Kinski vibe, but like you know like a two bit. Four man version. Yeah. Of... I actually thought that uh, the guy who was playing Dr. Frankenstein was um, Udo Kier for like one second. Yeah, he looked really when familiar he the door, too. I was like, is that Udo Kier? But it wasn't. I thought he looked a little bit like, um, what's his name? Lucius Malfoy from the Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Or yeah. I think he was also like a Bond villain, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, like for real? I don't know. No. He, I mean, he, he, could, he could pull it off. I don't know, like he might have been. I, I, I don't remember. It's a really good podcast. Good movie trivia podcast. Yes. That's good news for for Julian. Yes, yes. Mark Markham uh-huh. is a video playback supervisor who worked on Waxwork 2 and Lawnmower Man 2. <laughs> the, the, you have <laughs> saved the podcast. Really it's Lawnmower Man 2, but... Uh, well, Lawnmower Man Two is the sequel to the movie we're trying to connect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they were both they were both from the same year. This is Lawnmower Man is also a 1992 mm-hmm. science action, science fiction action horror film. So that's there you go. That's, that's, there you that's go. Got it. I mean, I, it doesn't have to be your dare, but it could. No, no, no. It, it de- I definitely want it to be my dare. I'm just looking at. I'm, I'm um, so thrilled that, that this is my dare. The actor who played um, Baron von Frankenstein's name is Martin Kemp, and he was in EastEnders, the famous mm-hmm. BBC soap opera. It's a soap opera, right? Yes. Looks like he's been in a lot of like BBC TV stuff. Yeah. A lot of British people in these uh, movies we've seen lately. Like even with um, To Catch a Yeti, like half the crew or more is a British for some reason. Yeah. Well, it can't be a coincidence, really? though, that these are two movies that we have tied together. Mm-hmm. Two very, very highbrow British productions. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, guy from, uh, the guy who plays the monster is in a lot of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Oh, cool. So that's a, that's a, there we go. There's a Jean-Claude Van he's Damme in, connection, if you don't want that. He's in, he's in uh, Derailed. He's in Bloodsport. Maximum Risk, The Quest. He's in all of this, all of Jean Claude Van Damme's movies. Like he must have been really good friends with Jean Claude. Maybe Van that's Damme. the maybe that's his stuntman or something. Yeah. Have you ever? He's um, even in Cyborg. Have you ever met Jean Claude Van Damme, Jan? Because 
Yeah, he's, he's your fellow countryman. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had been come close? Well, I've I've been in the town where he lives. Sure. <laughs> how, how would he know he's come close to meeting? Like, spider sense. Uh, probably, it's like yeah, tingling. Probably at the back drove of past his house. Like like you have a, you have a tingling in your in your in your belly, and you know Jean Claude uh, is somewhere kicking I his think... way. I think I've told this before that I used to rent videos from his brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you did mention that. Maybe his, in a different uh, or podcast. somebody who claims to be his brother. <laughs> That's more, more likely. <laughs> video rental place in, in, in Brussels where I used to live. And, uh, somebody who is allegedly his brother. It, so, it yeah. sounds like the kind of the kind of lie like <laughs> like kids from your school would say. It's like I'm John Claude Van Damme's brother. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. like mouth from the Goonies, kind of. Could yeah, be. Michael Could Jackson be. didn't come to my house's bathroom, but his sister did. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes. So there was a, another guy, who was like Scarabus's henchman. Um, mm-hmm. Was he George? I don't know um, what his name was. Wait. Oh, King Arthur. Wait. I don't know if they named him in the movie. He was just sort of there. I mean, very mm-hmm. like important to the movie. He just didn't, I don't know if he was it Michael De De Bear? Was it that was this him? Mm, I don't know. Mm, not sure. Scarabus. Oh, this guy Michael De Bear. I like that like this is becoming the IMDb podcast. <laughs> Michael De Bear is a, <laughs> apparently a legitimate European mark mark marquee, raised in mm. England, living in Los Angeles. And he is the host of Little Steven's Underground Garage on Sirius XM Radio Channel 21. Wow. Uh, big big guy. Big deal guy. He's a real marquee. Yeah, this is him. I recognize him. So, J- Michael DeBar. 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 Right. Is, this, this is, is this working? Do we need to like inject some, some of something else into this podcast? This is... <laughs> <laughs> like really, coming off the rails a little very bit. dry retelling of some some just just people who were in this movie <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go to back to my notes here do you guys have feel free to interrupt me if uh if you guys have anything humorous to say uh, please julian please tell just... a joke come on time, well, time to start pulling your weight here buddy well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that what about a I don't, I don't know if you guys can handle that ribald anecdote mostly because it's terrible you live in uh, Miami, so you probably go to a lot of really cool parties. Do you have any uh, cool party stories? Oh, oh, yeah. I go to parties all the time. How many times have you met Pitbull? So I, I'd, like, uh, I'd like to know. He's actually crashing at my house right now. Yeah, because he's a uh, Mr. I mean, he used to be Mr. 305. He's Mr. Now he's Mr. Mr. Worldwide uh, yeah. because he's not just he's, limited to the 305 area code anymore. He's, he's Mr. Worldwide. You can reach me at 305. Yeah. I guess Some, you can... Unless he's on his yacht, that. you know, in the... Um, yeah. South of France. Yeah. Of which that 305 number won't be answered. Yeah, he probably still is on his cell phone. Uh, yeah. So, um... I hope you guys don't don't hear all the noise outside here. No, There's I can't. The music. Playing. I couldn't hear anything. It sounds good, though. Oh, that's good. Is it, is it Jean-Claude kicking a bunch of people? It's probably, yeah. It happens once in a while. It happens all the time. When when he starts fighting people in the street, they start playing the soundtracks for his movies. That's, yeah, that's very annoying. <laughs> you you never know where it's coming from, but you hear the music always. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know you know Jean Claude is beating up something. It's it's like the bat signal, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, you hear they, it all. They just the start distance. playing. 
they just start playing the Bloodsport soundtrack and then... <laughs> you hear it off in the distance, it starts, it starts getting closer, it starts getting a little louder, and yeah. you, you lock your doors and does he, he just lets Sejong Claude go by. Does he arrive via like doing a split between two trucks? Is, yes. that, is that how he just gets around? That's the only way. That's the only way he, he travels now, and there has to be like a police escort in front of him <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> he doesn't fit in a normal car seat anymore. He has to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a cool uh, scene in the um, in the Scarabus's magic castle, we'll call it, where uh, for some reason they transform a woman into like a panther, like what? Yeah. Didn't you see this? You're, you're 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 going you're going you're now going into the realm of me not knowing what happened. Well, it was yeah, like a, I probably also skipped this. Uh... It was <laughs> probably the coolest skipped, scene in the I movie. Like ten minutes, for the guys. Movie. You blew it because this was a rad scene. Because like, <laughs> what happened was, like, it looked like they were gonna sacrifice this woman. She was like tied to a um, pentacle, tape shaped mm-hmm. table. And then the so this guy who I'm pretty sure was the guy who directed the Takachi Yeti, he's the only one that I thought could have been the Mad Monk. Um, okay. He leads like a like a panther into the room, and then something happened. And then for some somehow, the woman on the table started transforming into a panther, but like only mm-hmm. part way. So she was like this gross panther human hybrid thing when when you saw it did you go ooh, gross yeah it did yeah, yeah i did <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you guys should i think that I, that scene is actually on youtube if you guys uh, want to check it out i'll just wait well, well i mean i'll no, we can keep talking but the power of our imagination through through you, you really you guys really missed out it's like a really compelling compelling scene um i don't know, I don't know if i believe you byron well, this, I mean, it's super important, too, because ultimately that's how um, Scarabus ends up dying, is that somehow he ends up in a room with this panther woman, and then he's dead because she killed she kills him. Did you guys see that okay. part? No. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm not in the least. Did you, so you guys, you guys just Apparently. must not have seen the ending of the movie. I, yeah, I told you I didn't. Did you guys? <laughs> I did. Jan, did you see this part where um, Billy from Gremlins is battling um, Scarabus it, it, through yeah, different timelines? From Dawn of the Dead and Nosferatu and Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. The the order is they go first into Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Then um, Dawn of the Dead. But for mm-hmm. some reason, um, also, um, Billy is dressed up as either Scarface or John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever. I couldn't tell <laughs> which they were going for. Um, maybe that's just how one of the characters from Dawn of the Dead was dressed, and I'm forgetting that much. But um, I don't think so. It was, it was odd. Um, mm-hmm. But conveniently he's able to actually get a disembodied hand from that universe because there are zombies there. All right. So he slices a hand off and takes it with him. And then they end up in the Jack the Ripper time, which I thought was like a little bit of a short jump from Jekyll and Hyde. Like maybe they could have done something a little bit. (laughs) A little more (laughs) diverse. Yeah. Like it's like, Oh, it's another scary Victorian era, era British killer. Okay. (laughs) One is fictional. One isn't. You know that's when they were saving uh, 
saving money on 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 you know kind of like scenes and stuff. yeah like as long as kind they're of rehash as long as they're doing Victorian London, they might as well do Jack the Ripper and Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> and then let's do uh, Three Musketeers, kind of Monte Cristo. And Nosferatu also. They hopped into there after yeah. Jack the Ripper. And that's probably same costume, set period stuff. Probably, but that's yeah. where Drew Barrymore <laughs> makes her appearance. Um, but that yeah. was done in the style of the old silent film Nosferatu. With uh, mm -hmm. the black and white and and and, mm -hmm. and uh, sort of well done. What are those? What are those called? The uh, the silent film uh, uh, subtitles. The cards they put up. Is there a word for those? Cards. Uh, cards. The cards. <laughs> <laughs> is there a word for those cards? It's cards. It's cards, guys. And then they hop into Godzilla, which is like, mm -hmm. we know it's Godzilla right away because there's this like really like racist caricature Japanese guy that hops in front of the camera for a second and screams. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. That was very strange. <laughs> this must yeah. be Godzilla because it's okay to yeah. be racist against That's Japanese people. That's what happens people. in those movies. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you know those in Godzilla actually... movies, Japanese people just scream at the camera. <laughs> just looking at the camera. Uh... <laughs> you, know, you know, Byron, you're actually right. Those cards do have a name. What are they, what are they called? They're intertitles. I knew there would be like a Technical jargon word for them. Uh, yeah, intertitles. <laughs> so this is that's the that's going to be the takeaway from this podcast. Hashtag intertitles. If nothing else, yeah. Hashtag intertitles. Let's remember that. <laughs> you, know, never... you know, the per the person jumping into this podcast looking for the reference to intertitle is going to go almost an hour into <laughs> it. No, we'll put something and... in the in the in the hashtag about. Um, one, you know, an hour in, look for intertitle definition. Hashtag hour later intertitle. Yeah. So they hop into Godzilla. There's kind of a pretty bad Godzilla, but it was, it was, it was cute enough. You know, they made it work. Um, yeah. The sound effect was correct. They just stole I the sound effect. Stole it. <laughs> I don't think they got <laughs> like a professional Foley artist in to like, can we somehow recreate the Godzilla scream. Um, and then they somehow they, they end up back in the um, Scarabus's castle, but they bring like a robot with them that then disappears. Uh, but I was kind of curious to see where the robot came from. That might have been a cool a cool timeline to hop into. Do you guys did you guys see the robot? No, but I'm gonna. Are you making that up? Is no, really no, it's movie? it's in there. It was like a it was like a funny. You, you can just tell us anything. You know? It was like remember a... that great scene where the robots were like. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was like yeah, a Benny we're, Hill. We're on, we're on to you, Byron. It we, was know, like... we know you. You know that we didn't see mo most of the end. So. Well, you guys missed the best part. Um, but there was it was like a Benny Hill chase scene where they were like just running through these time <laughs> portals, and then like a robot was leading the way when they went back into the Scarabus's castle. Um, so maybe if you guys go back. To just like watch a couple scenes, you could watch that and the the Puma Puma Man transformation. That's after he gets the hand. Um, uh, yes. Oh wait, yeah, I think I found it. Yeah, okay. it's like right when they it's right near the end. Yeah. So and there's a quick, very fleeting reference to um, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Right near the end, where basically yeah. um, Mark is demonstrating to Sarah how they can keep jumping between these timelines forever, and it, they mm -hmm. they can't, but they can't jump. Uh, he doesn't know how to jump 
back into the real world. Um, he's like, look, there's another one. It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There's a pod. Pod people. Um, so one thing I should mention before we wrap this up, because we're quite close to the end, is that yeah. um, Sir... was his name? Sir Willis... Wilfred. Wilfred. Um, communicated with with Billy a few acts ago, a few scenes ago, I mean, um, as in the form of a raven. Now, there was another scene earlier in the movie where there was a raven eating Bruce Campbell's ribcage. <laughs> Do you think that was <laughs> Sir, uh, Sir Wilfred? Uh, probably. Let's Sir Wilfred eating, eating pieces of Bruce Campbell? It's like if you transform into a raven, you're still going to want have the same appetites as sure. a raven. You're not going to like turn up human flesh. You mean, you mean you're not be. just going to be a raven walking up to McDonald's? And yeah. Well, I mean, a raven would, would probably eat McDonald's if it found it like on the ground, but it <laughs> would also eat Bruce Campbell's ribcage if it found that. Yeah. You know? uh, that's, that's true. That's true. It, it's like it's the probably more, uh, probably healthier. It's like the frog and the scorpion. Think about it. Okay. You, you just you just said two animals. <laughs> It's an old parable. Yeah, we're not going to get into the, the the whys and hows in this podcast. That'll be the next podcast. Um, you know, if you want to do some side side research, feel free. Sidecast. Sidecast. Do sidecast. Private sidecast, unrecorded. <laughs> and, and don't put it out there on the, on the web. <laughs> no, well, you, you can't because it's not recorded. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Just do like a private conversation with yourself. <laughs> In a room, a, a monologue that <laughs> that's only exposed to me. Yeah, just call it a sidecast. It's a sidecast. Yeah. Sidecast. Uh, so one of the things that Sir Wilfred tells uh, Billy, I mean Mark from Gremlins, no Billy from Gremlins, um, <laughs> is that he like is one of these. He's a time warrior, mm-hmm. and that like he his role in the um, Cartagra is to continuously fight evil through the, through mm-hmm. time. Um, and that he sort of heavily implies that Billy shouldn't go back to the real world and should just keep doing this forever um, and, like, hopes he makes the right choice, hint, hint. Um, so by the end, basically what he does is he sh- kind of shoves Sarah back through the portal with, with the hand um, and stays behind. And then um, Sarah finds this, like, painting, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I think is supposed to be him, but it doesn't look at all like him. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I like that. Uh, I feel like I've seen it in another movie, but I can't remember which one. So, yeah. Well, I think that's, of, a, that's a nice kind of time travel movie trope. Like the painting of the. Yeah, yeah like. Um, of the well, person. It's, it's sort of like the Doc Brown, like uh, Clock Tower photo from Back to the Future right. 3. That's it. Yeah. 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 That, that's, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I about. think there's some yeah. other stuff in some other movies too, but that's. that's they, they, yeah. yeah, they, that they do it all mind. the time. Like there's this one episode of, of Doctor Who where one of oh, they okay. go to see Van Gogh, but then he does a painting mm-hmm. referencing. There's like a painting of the TARDIS. It, exactly. Yeah. And then like, are the. Like in the Starry Night, are the like the spirals in the sky like uh, UFOs? <laughs> <laughs> that's but no, that's, that's actually the thing that they actually like. Yeah, I've I heard. think you could do Tardis, Van Gogh, and there's a, a good. Hey, I, 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 here's, here's some more fun trivia for you, Byron. The, yeah. the guy who plays um, just one of the villagers who shows up on Frankenstein's house. I think the main guy, like the mayor or something. Yeah, he he plays old Niles in Fraser. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. 
when I guess they oh, must Niles. have done like a flash forward at some point with like yeah. uh, old Fraser Niles. That's His good. name is John O'Leary. He's a uh, he's in a lot of stuff as well. I'm a big uh, Fraser fan, but I don't think I've seen it in in years. I maybe maybe it's time for a Fraser podcast. Although I think there are plenty of Fraser <laughs> podcasts. I think Kevin Smith even does a Fraser podcast. Wait, what? Yeah, if you can really? believe it. Yeah, legit. Why would I make that up? I'd have to be deranged. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna contest that. So um, we end up back in the real world, and Sarah. We cut to like the 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 closing of the trial and Sarah is ultimately acquitted on the basis of the evidence that was introduced which was the disembodied hand um mm -hmm. so it's a great moment and then we have this sort of scene that's directly lifted from back to the future from back too. to the future yeah we're outside <laughs> yeah. of the courthouse this guy walks up with like this ancient letter that he's supposed to deliver to Sarah on this date from like you know it's from from olden times in Europe and it mm -hmm. just says Join me. <laughs> and she smiles. So she hops in like a magic taxi cab. And I think that <laughs> takes her, I guess, to Cartagra to join the adventure. My question is, why did she need to go back to Earth to be acquitted if she's just going to go right back into Cartagra? Couldn't mm. they have just skipped that part? Or was it, it like... It's kind of like getting a parking she ticket. She didn't know it. about that. <laughs> she didn't know. That's true. Know. But like... He, he should have just given her the, the note before the trial. That's what I'm, maybe just instead of giving her, her the hand, skills. just give her the note, and then she doesn't even go back. Like, yeah. they could have cut out all that extra stuff that she had to do. But maybe it's important for her to clear her name because she loved her stepfather so much. Uh. <laughs> yeah. sure. She was so worried. She was so worried. Okay. Hear me? You guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. My, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, just, I just sat like uh, elbowed my uh, microphone cord, like as all professional <laughs> podcasters so tend violent. to do frequently. Um, and that's the end of the movie. She hops in a magic taxi cab, and it like does it start to like fly or something? I forget. It's it's, it's no. not a magic. No, it's not it a magic. <laughs> 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 it's not a I think yeah. I, just opens I feel like right near the end that it starts to like almost fly no. or something. No, you guys no, didn't that, even that's watch... Back to the Future. By... I, I thought it was like about to take off, like in Back to the Future. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of like that last scene in uh, The Sopranos. Yeah, it's like I I can kind of tell. What, yeah. Which, no. I, th I think if they if they made this movie now, it would probably be Doc Brown sitting in the cab as the driver. Yeah. I mean, uh -huh. I think you can just get Doc Brown in any movie now very cheaply. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he I loves mean, to I, play that part. I don't even know why, because like. Christopher Lloyd is a, like a gazillionaire from like pro pro producing TV shows. Like he he's a he's yeah. one of the producers really? of um, Modern Family. Modern Family, yeah. Really? And like I mean, he was already of course like super wealthy from all of his movies, but I think he's probably made most of his money just from that. Like, mm. apparently he's like a really yeah. shy man. Probably doesn't really like acting very much. But. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did like but promotional. He still looks the same. Yeah. He, he he just still looks the same as in Back to the Future 2, even though it's like 50 years old. So yeah, I don't know if he... Old. I haven't seen him lately. He might he might be starting to look pretty old. <laughs> he he mm. reprised his role as Doc Brown to promote the movie, I think, Turning yeah. 30 or something. Or yeah, that's or right. Like, but that was already like two uh, years ago, wasn't it? No, 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 no. Like, it was last year. 2015, that's when they traveled to the future. That's right. 
I remember. I'm just whispering because I, I just had a sip of and, Coke. And, <laughs> because you don't want the reader, to, the listeners to find out. No, this is like, you know, if you just finished swallowing like a drink, like your voice kind of like takes a second to recover. Oh, I just had this delicious just try water. it. Do you have any, oh, like a beverage there? This glass of water. Do you have it? Do you have water? Take, take a sip yeah. and then talk right afterwards. As you're swallowing. I, I talk just fine. Wait, hold on. I'm going to make a loud gurgle so you know. Hold on. I talked just fine. No, you waited a full, like, two seconds <laughs> before you started talking. I, it's I, like a David Copperfield sleight of hand. You didn't <laughs> notice me do it. Okay, this is this is stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the fun surprise at the end of this movie is that we close with a full rap video. I saw yes. that. What, what was that? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe I'll close the podcast with it. What do you guys think? Because it was I think that's probably pretty a great idea. special, pretty special. Um, but it was. Uh, I haven't done any of the the research on it. Maybe I'll look it up now. But uh, just a full rap video, sort of recapping the entire movie. Like we probably could have watched the rap video instead of the movie. <laughs> it did such a good job. Um, wax works to rap. I just googled that. Oh, it's the L.A. Posse. Lost in Time, Waxwork to Waxwork to soundtrack, YouTube. Let's see if there's any info in uh, Wikipedia about that. No, it's nothing. And by the way, you're absolutely right about uh, the Fraser Kevin Smith podcast. Thank you. Talk salad and scrambled eggs. That's <laughs> good. That's uh, good. Clever, clever Smith. Right. He probably didn't come up with it. I think he's yeah. like the second banana, but he's like, you know, the draw. Yes, he is. Um, so I found the um, the rap on YouTube, so I'll play that as we exit. But okay. we, I think we've Fitting. made it We've made it to the end of the, uh, the movie. Um, is there any, do you guys have any closing thoughts on Waxwork 2 before we uh, announce our next movie? Secretly. Which is, is a secret now. Is it a secret? No. I mean, I think we can reveal it, like, at the end here, can't we? Yeah. Do you have it picked out? Is yeah, it, no. It, I, it, I'm, it, I'm seriously I'm seriously lawnmower man. Lawnmower man. Okay. Yeah. That's the dare. It's lawnmower man. Yeah. Lawnmower All right. Man. Lawnmower man. That's good. <laughs> Maybe I can even get that in, like, some kind of slightly better definition. You could probably Netflix it. Maybe. Sure. Hopefully. I find it irritating that there isn't a, like a subscription service like Netflix that literally just has all movies at this point. It's sort of like you're lucky if you find something yeah. on Netflix just because like it'll be there. You'll find things that like you wouldn't have thought to look for there, but then like, if there's something specific you want to watch, it's like almost never well, on Netflix. Can you imagine the, can you imagine the hardware needed? Yeah, they they already have it. It's already all out. It's all they're all already up somewhere. It's just like all these like what are they like uh, copyright laws? It's just like too. They're yeah. just outdated. You know, they just need to relax a little bit. <laughs> they just need to chill out with their just money, chill. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's like you just make more money just licensing all of your movies to one service, even if nobody ever watches it. Then just like the alternative, which is if nobody ever watches it, and you're not licensing it. You know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, whatever. Um, 
So I have one closing bit of trivia about uh, Waxwork too. Cool. Uh, it's that the beer can beer brand beer. Yep. It's literally from Repo Man. <laughs> it's the prop from. I Repo knew Man. it. I knew it. It's cool, right? Didn't I? Didn't I speculate as much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Man. So, so cute. And other cool trivia: Dolph Lundgren was supposed to be in this movie. What happened? Uh, was he, he supposed to down. play Billy? He was. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, no, the director actually offered him the part of uh, Frankenstein's monster. Uh, he said. He said no. There's okay. a few. Uh, there's a few tidbits of trivia here from IMDb. Um, that's that's where I pulled it. Okay, so I'm gonna. You guys both have cited one, so I'll cite one too. Um, mm-hmm. You guys already took all the interesting ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here, here's a good one. The flying saucer landing scene on Sarah's stepfather TV is from Lobster Man from Mars, 1989. So there, that could be a good dare too. It looks like somebody that looks a little bit like Neil Patrick Harris is in it. I was about to say. <laughs> Isn't he's, it? A, he's a kid. Looks I just like him. Yeah. Weird. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Spooky. I'm spooked. Spooky. Spooking me. I'm spooked. Okay. Spooking. All right, so guys, I have to uh, wrap it up. Good. Yep. Let's get. Let's this finish was, this. This was an entertaining movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was but... good. I don't know if it was like the best podcast we've ever done, but it was serviceable. <laughs> yeah. Now it's something to it's put good. online. It'll be there. Yeah. yeah. People, there, there are people who would enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah, I think we it was maybe maybe a slow start, but I think a good a good finish. Yeah. Well, thanks uh, guys for tuning in. This is I mean for joining, and thanks audience for tuning in because I think this has been a, a hoot, a hoot and a half. And um, tune in next time for the Lawnmower Man here on Cinema Dare. All right. That was, that was it. Good, that was it. Good stuff. All right. You face conviction, a serious case in the course of listen to prove your innocence is a tedious task. Look at the bailiff and he starts to laugh. It's criminal, minimal, subliminal. You pace through the plot like an animal. You pick up the phone and you stand alone. Try dial in reality and nobody's home. You lack evidence, it's no coincidence. They put up a fence, hit the clues and suppress the news. You're living like a psycho, but they won't let go. Amid evil trauma, now it's time to flow. But on the contrary, Mark ain't a mark, as Mark got hard. A mark won't stop, cause Mark is a part of the mystery. Back and forth through history, he's seen it time again, so the story begins. Lost in time, like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are, lost in time, like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time, like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Too. What in the hell can young Sarah do? Something's got a hold of a soul and took control. And the devil tried to break the law. But it's the king of the kings, the lord of lords. It's a medieval party and a torn sword. Girls run around on Sunset Strip. But out came the man, yo, Jack the Rip. He was slicing and dicing and smashing and crashing. All through the party slashing heads. Yo, what up? Frankie walked around like the living dead, trying to scoop up a troop of a bowl of fruit loop of a juicy fruit tea. Tabs up a zoo until he marked down. Yeah. Jack the Ripper would never be found. A time warrior going through hell. He has a story to tell. Lost in time like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Lost in time like a bug in a jar, no matter where you go. There you are. Like a bug in a jar.
yard, no matter where you are, the same place is near, maybe some place far, I'll rehearse the verse, now the verse I'll flip, I go step by step, and they came equipped to rip, and got candid, I gotta hand it to the muck as he slams, and he handed it to me, the D, the A, the D, which follows the B, the I, to the G, all together spells L.A. Posse, yeah, shout out to God and say, Lord, have mercy, for giving us the strength to fight the danger zone, but if you live in all the age, you'll be on your own, there are things that are strange and things that are true, just imagine if the same games happen to you, if you think you wanna play, then come on through, Take a trip beyond the ropes. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar. No matter where you go, there you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar. No matter where you go, there you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar. No matter where you go, there you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar. No matter where you go, there you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar. No matter where you go, there you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar. No matter where you go, there you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar. No matter where you go, there you are. Lost in time, like a bug in the jar. No matter where you go, there you are.